Okay, do, do I need to believe? The question is, do I, do I really need to believe? And if I do, what do I need to believe? About what? And just to let the visitors know, I don't, I don't preach sermons. This is gonna be a class. I want everybody's participation. We need the mic. Okay. Portable. No, no, it's okay. Don't, uh, well. We do. Yeah, we do. So if you, as we go and do this Bible study, I want everyone's comment and participation, okay? Now, when it comes to do I need to believe, what I would like to study today is faith. It's about faith. And while this thing is working, um, I would like to hear what, how do you define faith? You know, your faith. What is faith? Believe, trust. Believe, trust. Hope. What else? Hope. Believe, trust, hope. Any other one? What trust, what faith means to you? We are all Christians. We are all love Christ. And, and the faith, is in, without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? So what else? So say your question again. What is faith? What that means to you? I think a very, is this working? Josiah, do you hear me? That's okay, just speak hot. Okay, um, we all have simple faith. We go over the light switch and we flip it on and what do we expect? We a light? Expect, we expect a light yeah. to um, If we have a pet and we give the pet food, we expect Okay, so everybody have a different definition of faith. So what we're going to do today is we're going to read what, is the, what the Bible says about faith. Okay? Yes, sir. Well, to me, I think faith is something that we talk about faith in getting on an airplane or something like that, but we know that can, they will, might not get you through that. Okay. But the biggest thing I believe is faith is trusting God in trusting every God. word that he says, and then to follow okay. it. So yeah. trusting God is, is the most important thing, right? So when it comes to the defining what is faith, let's see what Paul says. I want everyone to, to stay in Hebrew chapter 11 because we're going to be analyzing a few Bible texts and what that means in our day and age. Okay? The first one is Hebrew 1.1. 1, 1. It reads, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction, the conviction of things not seen. So let's break this thing in two things. What is the assurance of things hoped for? What's the assurance of things hoped for? Any ideas? An assurance, if, if, if faith is the assurance of things hoped for, what are we hoping for? Eternal life. Eternal life? What else? Go to heaven. Going to heaven. So, 
We have the, do we have the assurance yes. that there's a heaven out there? Yes. All right. And conviction of things not seen. What are we convicted of? So what are we convicted for? Any ideas? Healing. Huh? Healing. Healing. Okay. What else? Healing. Okay. So we are convicted of things not seen. What are the things that we cannot see that we're convinced that is true? Jesus. Jesus. What else? Sanctification. Sanctification. What else? The Holy Spirit. Okay. So there is a lot of things that we are convinced and we are convicted of that even though we have never seen it, we know that exists. All right? So let's, let's analyze what faith is in different examples. Like when you go to a dictionary, you know that you read different examples of how that word is being used. And so we can get an idea of what that means. Okay. So the faith can, is something that we don't see. We can feel it. We are convinced of it. And, um, and the faith can be very powerful, not only for ourselves, but to others. So let's see, let's continue to see what examples, what we can learn, what is faith. So let's read um, Hebrew 1.3. It says, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So when Paul is trying to explain what is faith, he begins in Genesis, on the first chapter of the Bible, in Genesis and creation. So the foundation of faith has to be one that we believe and we are convinced and we have the assurance that there is a God, number one, and that God created this earth and he created, he created in, seven, in six days. He blessed the seventh for a reason. So we need to begin our faith right there. And who do we put our faith in? So the first example that we have is to create, to believe in the Bible, to believe in the God that he created the earth, the heavens and the earth. Now these days, there's a lot of theories going on out there. There's a lot of theories. I don't know if you have heard some. Even in our, not in this church, but as a corporate church, there's a lot of theories infiltrating in our mess, stating, for example, I heard one saying, um, that no, Adam and the cavemen was the first people created before Adam and Eve. That's one theory. And the other theory is that no, it was not actually literally 24, uh, 24 hour day. It was a thousand years to create the uh, first day. I have heard that. And people believe that. But if you're really going to look at at how the, the order of creation happened is humanly impossible or nature impossible to spend a whole thousand years with no light for the plant to survive. So if you really think about those theories, you will realize that that's why Paul starts with Genesis. The faith needs to begin in God and he created, he created us and what that means, all right? So now that we know that we, we have faith in the Bible, we have faith in who wrote it, and we have faith that God created us, the second example that he gives 
is what? It's in verse 4. Is Abel, right? Abel, Cain and Abel? Yeah. The second example that Paul talks about is the example of Cain and Abel. <clears throat> that they both made offerings. They, mo they both used acceptable items to offer as an offering. But only one was accepted, not both. So the question is, why one was accepted and the other one is not? Because be before I used to think, well, because he, he, put, um, he used vegetables. But then when you look at Leviticus, you can bring grains and you can bring um, fruits and stuff for offerings. So if both brought things that it could be acceptable as an offering. So why Abel was accepted and not Cain? Did anybody have put any thoughts on that? Okay, offerings. Well, All right. Yes. Cain um, offered uh, a lamb. Well, I don't know what he... Abel. Abel. I don't know. Thank you. And... Um, with, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. But the animal had blood, sacrifice, mm -hmm. and that pleased God more than the, uh, vegetables mm -hmm. or whatever. Okay. Uh, herbs. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So let's go to, um, let's go to the greedy of greediness or a, a point of what makes a difference. One of the things that God asks is not only in animals, but also in, in, in grains and vegetables, is he wants the first, the first product, the first fruit of anything. The same thing with the lamb. God wants the firstborn lamb. And he's very specific in what he wants and how he wants it. Yeah. On, on the lamb, an animal needs to be the firstborn and it has to be perfect with no errors, with no, no blemish. Uh -huh, blemish. And when it comes to the fruits and vegetables and grains, he wants the first product of the land, yeah. right? So if you do not follow what God wants, he, not, he cannot bless it. So Abel took the firstborn, as it were required, and he offered to God because he had faith and he was obeying God the way he wanted to be offered. But Cain, he did bring grains and fruit and vegetables, but it was not the first fruit. He just picked up whatever he found, whatever he chose to bring, and offer it to God. So one follow was obedient to God. The other one, it was obedient to self. Okay? Cain brought what he wanted, not what God asked. Abel brought what God asked, not what he wanted. So that's what made a difference. That's why... God blessed Abel, but not Cain. Now, why is this example in the Bible? Let's bring it to today's days. How can we apply this to today's days when we go and bring offerings to church? Does God have a specific way of us doing our offerings? <coughs> Any questions? Any concepts? Do you know how God wants the offerings to be given? 
Freely. Freely. Happy. Cheer but what cheerfully. else? Cheerfully. Cheerfully. Okay, what else? Um, um, if you look at the bulletin, there's a section in here that talks about, it's in 2 Corinthians. He, there's a specific way he wants offerings to be given. I'm not talking about tithes, because tithes is not ours, and we just returned what is not ours, okay? So if you only pay tithes, you're literally not, do, not giving anything, right? Am I in the right path? So if I say something that is not quite there, just let me know, okay? So if you only pay tithe, you're not giving anything. So the point is the offerings. The offerings is what we actually give because we are grateful to God. We are grateful of what he has done. And that's why in the Bible, God, you don't read anything, any percentage, because that is up to us to decide. You need to decide in your heart how much you want to give. Yes, sir. No, I was just saying, basically, I think you, uh, you mentioned that just now, is that uh, because you had the widow's might and there was no amount defined, but she gave what she had, mm -hmm. and God indicated that she did more than anybody else. So you can do whatever you can do, but it's your heart and you believe, and you don't worry about the money. God takes care of you. That's what faith comes in. Gave her all. Okay. So an example of when it comes to offerings, first we need to return what is not ours, and then you need to sit down. What did the Bible say that we need to do this? The first day of the week. Now, if you put this within the context, and, and uh, in those days, people used to get paid on Fridays, every Friday. So what God was telling is, when you get paid, you know, you keep that money, and then you rest for the Sabbath, because Sabbath is God's. And then on Sunday, the first day of the week, you need to sit down and decide, okay, this is for God, right? Am I in the, in the right concept here? So you divide what you're going to be given. You cannot or you shouldn't on, during the Sabbath hours when they're asking for offerings, to look in your purse and the spur of the moment to see what you have. Because that's an offering that God does not want. He wants an offering, intentional offering, of how grateful you are. You need to prepare that in advance before you come to church. Not whatever's there. Not, if not, it have nothing to do with if you had a good week or not good week. That's the faith comes in. When you propose in your heart, I'm going to give X amount of percentage to God as a faithfulness because I'm grateful to God. If one month was bad, you overspent in something else, and then you want to church chain God, that's not an offering that God wants. That's the faith that comes in. If you decide to give, for example, you know, it doesn't have to be a percentage, but it's easier. Like, for example, you, you, if you decide, well, I'm going to give... I don't know, 5% of my paycheck. And then one month, I overspent. And then I said, you know what? I cannot pay five months this time, 5% this month, because I don't have money. And then you church ain't God. Do you think that that money that you're going to give as an offering is going to be blessed by God? No, because that's the faith comes in. You need to have faith that God will provide. 
And it was not God's fault that you went and overspend it, right? So this is one of the examples that Paul uh, brought in as an example of, first, we need to believe in God in the creation. Second is how we should offering, how we should bring offerings to God's house. And the third example is what? Who can read verse 5? What is it? What's the... Uh... Which uh, book? Hebrew 11, verse 5. We're going to be, we are just going in Hebrew in chapter 1. Okay? Verse 5. By, By faith, yes? By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Okay. So the third example that we we have here in the Bible about faith is our lifestyle. Enoch was taken to heaven alive. Why? Why he was worthy to take to heaven? He obeyed God. Because before that happened, he was what? The Bible is telling you right there. What was his lifestyle? He pleases God, right? Mm -hmm. So we need, to, we need to start thinking about what we need to do as Christians and, and on how to please God. Not because he needs it, because we need it. We need to please God and to be able to know how to please God and honor him. What do we need to do? Just decide? Oh, like the pagan used to do in the old days, they come out with, well, this God wants this to peace their, their heart. No, God is very specific of what he wants. So when it comes to lifestyle, how do we know what kind of lifestyle God wants? By the word. The Bible yeah. is very clear. It tells us how to live. It tells us what to eat, not to eat. It tells us health. He tells a lot of things, but for you to know what to do to please God or to honor Him, you need to read and you need to find out what God wants from you. Right? Okay, so let's do a very quick review on the first three examples that Paul brought. The first one is what? We need to believe in God's creation, Genesis chapter 1, because that's God's word. The next one is what? Abel and Cain. What can we learn from Abel and Cain? It's how to give offerings. All right? The third one is Enoch. What do we learn from Enoch? It's how we should leave. So we can honor God in whatever we do, in whatever we eat. Remember that Bible text that we need to honor God in whatever we do? Okay, so to be able to honor God, we need to know what pleases him. Okay, the next example is on verse 7. Who can read in the, uh, words, um, verse 7? Uh, verse 7 of what? Okay, go ahead. What, what, what book again? Hebrew 11, verse 7. Hebrew 11, verse 7. By faith Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, took heed, 
and constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir okay. of the righteousness which comes by faith. Thank you. Righteousness. Right. So by faith, Noah did what? He obeyed, obeyed. right? God told him to do something, and he didn't sit there and say, well, God, you know, we never had any rain. Does not make sense? I don't have money. How am I going to be building this? You know, all, you know how we're very good at finding excuses? He, he could have made a lot of excuses, but no. God spoke with him. He listened. He said, okay. He obeyed. And that's faith. Because he didn't worry about the hows and the wheres and the whos. He said, okay, God, if you want me to do this, I know you will help me. That is the assurance of things that we don't see and the faith. That's faith. When God tells you to do something and you do it without thinking of how am I going to do this or where am I going to do that or how am I going to finance this? No, that's faith. And many times in our life, how many of you have found yourself in a spot like this? That you've been asked to do something. Let's bring it more, more home. Let's, let's bring it more home here in the church. What about in your church? When it comes to that once a year nominating committee, and someone comes and asks you, would you like to do this? What would be your response? Oh, I've never done it. Oh, I don't know how to do it. I don't have time for this. Okay. Or the favorite one is, oh, you know, no, I, I, I hardly, I'll hardly hear. I go, I like to go shop around and go to different churches and whatnot. I don't want to commit. That's the biggie. The same thing with Noah. Noah could say the same thing. God asked him to be a stewardship, to, to be a leader on that day. And he preached and he built something of, he, Noah preached for 120 years to all the community around. And while he was doing that, he was mocked. He was criticized, okay? So even though he was mocked and criticized, he was faithful. God told him to do something and he was obeying. So next example of what is faithfulness, or what is faith? Um, who can read Hebrews 11, verse 8? Hebrews 11, verse 8. Uh, Hebrews 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. Okay, so what did we learn from there? What did, he, um, did God ask Abraham to do? Go out in faith. To leave luxury, earth. To, li to, li to live behind family, culture. Luxury. He used to live in Babylon, in, in the town of Ur. Uh -huh. And God came and talked to Abraham. And it's very interesting because God told Abraham, I need you to take your family and move. Get out of Babylon. Get out of, of this sinful town. I need you. I need to prepare you and, and, and take the world out of you and go into the promised land, but not to live as an owner of, because the promised land, thank you, but 
you're going to be living in there as a what? As a foreigner. Even though that land was promised to him, he, he always lived in promised land as a foreigner, intent. Right? He had faith of something that God was going to give him one day. So he obeyed. Now, as an example of Abraham, how can we bring that now? What will be an example of that? living. Okay. Could you repeat that? Because I didn't hear you well. Our call to country living. We're being, country living? Yeah, we're being that called could be out. one. We're being called outside of our mindset, I mean, outside of our comfort zone and outside of all logic to leave a city with all the uh, amenities and luxuries and things that we need and go away from that into yeah, a place that, that's that could be. uncertain. Mm-hmm. Just to, when you're convinced of something, you need to, it takes guts. I mean, it takes faith. But in the, someone that is not religious will say, it takes guts or takes pants to do this. But in a spiritual way, it takes faith. When you're convinced of something, that is something that you need to do, is to make that choice and say, God, I will follow you, I will obey you, and I will do whatever it takes to honor you. So the example that, that, we, that it was given here as an, um, as an example of faith is when God asks someone to leave. Like another, another thing is as a missionary. When someone asks you to go as a missionary, I'm not talking missionary to the other world, but we are all called to be missionaries, right? In our communities. So when God calls us as a missionary, to move us out of comfort zone. And that's the key point, the comfort zone. Are we going to have faith enough to obey? Now, I want you to think about that, okay? Because it's very easy to say, oh, I have faith, oh, I have faith. But faith requires action all the time. And the question is, do I have faith willing enough, enough faith? that it will make me do an action. So the next one that, we, that talks about, and we're going to be very, very briefly, is about um, by faith Sarah herself received power to receive and, and conceive a baby. And she was way out there when she was not supposed to have babies. It was humanly impossible to have babies. She always wanted to have a baby. She always wanted to, and also she had the promise that God promised Abraham that he was going to be the father of a generations, but he didn't have any kids. And what, what happened with Sarah? Because we do this all the time. We try to help God, right? And by trying to help God, because we don't have enough faith in trusting him, sometimes we make things worse, yeah. right? So what happened with, with Sarah trying to help God? Go ahead of, she was going ahead of God. And what did she do? What did she, did he ask, what did she ask Abraham to do to help God with that child? Agar. Exactly. Because God was very specific. He said, I'm going to bring seeds from you and Sarah. That was the promise, not with someone else. Not the maidservant. Yeah. But then we try to help God because we want things done like yesterday. Uh, God's plan is always... It always takes a long time, isn't it? It does. It takes forever. Yes. You know, I would think that, you know, 
we, we look at his wife. But we also got to look at Abraham. He should have known better. Yeah. Of himself. Mm-hmm. And that problem that occurred because of that, you know, would not have happened. But don't we do that also, yes, trying to help God? Yes, we all do. Right? Yeah. Don't we do this when we have issues and problems that we're praying, praying for years and years and years? It could be an illness, a disease, or it could be anything. You pray for years and nothing happens. And then you say, well, you know, maybe I need to do something. We do that. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I do that. I do that, and, and many times God teach me a lesson, big ones, like, no, you need to wait. Because part of the waiting part is teaching you patience. Because we are very desperate people. We like, especially for me. I mean, you need to feel sorry for my husband. Because I want things done two months ago. Two months ago? And then he likes to do things two months later. So imagine that relationship. So, it, so when it comes to learning patience, God never late. He always answered, but he never late. He always answered on time, his time. Yes. All right? So keep that in mind when it comes to faith. Now, the next example is uh, verse 24. Who can read verse 24? Hebrews what? Hebrews 11, verse 24. Hebrews 11, verse 24. By faith, by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Thank you. So imagine Moses, he arrived in the palace of the Pharaoh. He was a baby, probably three, four months at the most. And he grew up. In what kind of environment he grew up? Luxury. What else? Luxury. 200% pagan, right? Well, offering true. gods and all kind of gods and offering killing babies and, the, and gods and stuff like that. He grew up in that environment. Have you ever heard someone say, oh, I did this because I grew up in a bad environment? Sure. Yeah. We, we, we like to find excuses of our behavior. Mm-hmm. In the example of faith, that is given in here of Moses. It should teach us that it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what kind of childhood you have. It doesn't matter where you're coming from or what people are doing to you or whatever excuse you want to add to it. There's never a reason to use that as an excuse because Moses, when he came the right time, he chose to leave that life because he had something else in his mind. And the Bible tells you right there. He rather do what? He, he considered that reproach, the wealth, the, the wealth, the treasures of Egypt. And he said no. And he became one of the greatest leaders in this world. Gave up the pleasures of sin for a season. He went, it took God 40 years to reteach him what he should do. All right, so let's do a recap. What can, when it comes to faith, um, that's why, and it's just a quiz by the, time, by, by the way, it's a quiz to see who's paying attention. So when it comes to faith, what is the first thing that we need to do? The what? Hmm? Believe. Believe in, in creation and who created it, God. The second is 
by faith we need to do the right offerings to God. Right? Adam and um, Adam, um, Abel and Cain. The third one is our lifestyle, how we should live. Not only mentally. You know, you know that we, our body have three, three parts, right? Mind, spiritual, and body, right? Did I say that right? The body, the mind, and the soul, the spirit. Okay, so that's lifestyle. So not only what you eat or how you dress, but what you watch, what you hear, what you eat, how you eat it, when you eat it, the sleeping, yes. What you say, yeah, what you speak, right, you're totally right. So when it comes to lifestyle, it's the whole, the whole thing. Okay, and then after that, so we have the belief of the creation God, we have how we give the offerings, and then our lifestyle. And I should be moving all these things. Morning and evening worship. The next one is Abraham. What can we learn from Abraham? Righteousness can be accounted by faith. Yeah, by, by doing what? Acting right. on that belief. So we can learn that he left Babylon and lived in the promised land as a foreigner. Right? He obeyed God. The next no one obedience. is Sarah. What can we learn from Sarah when it comes to faith? Uh, going ahead of God. She had deep desires. And faith is to wait. To wait in God when that time comes. And then Moses. What can we learn from Moses? Moses. And faith. Well, uh, Moses was uh, by the princess of the palace in uh, the bulrushes uh, in the basket uh, floating on the river, and Miriam, yeah. his sister, was so nearby. He, he pretty much he grew up in the wrong environment, right? And then what, how old was he when he came to the palace? Twelve. He'd really <laughs> been taught by his mother all those years. The princess said, you keep the child. He will be protected and then come so live it, with it, us. Okay, what well, you said that he probably he was with the mom until he was when? Twelve. When? How old? When? Probably How do you pronounce? Four I'm sorry for my pronunciation. He went to the palace when he and was four. The, or five? the mom was there um, weaning him and uh, taking care of it. But regardless of the time and who, where, and how, imagine if you're 12 years of age. This was like an example. You grew up in a house, a Christian home. They taught you all the things that you need to do. But then as you grow older and you go to school, trying to, you know, peer pressure, and then also we have, like, we want to be the cool guy or the cool girl in the school. And then we start doing things that God is letting us, that little voice that is always there and said, no, you should not do this. But, oh, I want to be cool. I want to be accepted by my my peers or my classmates. So Moses did not think of that. He valued more how God saw him than what other people will see. Okay? So faith is not only just a concept. Faith is not only what you think faith is or do you think that you have faith, and, but what is faith to you? What is faith to you? Think about that. When, you, when, you're, when you're sitting, like for example, when you're sitting on, on what you need to read or watch or hear or eat or dress on your lifestyle, 
when you go somewhere, are you honoring God? Are you pleasing him? Now, I want you, this is your homework. I want you to start thinking, be more intentional in your life. You need to be very, very intentional. Because if you have faith, and faith in what? We are going to heaven. Like in the beginning, when we talked about what is faith, we are waiting for a second coming because we're going to heaven, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you're going to heaven, what are you doing to prepare you to go to that, that land? Is God going to allow everybody? No. Because some people think that. Now, is God will allow anybody to go to heaven? No. no. Right? So what are, you, are we doing so we will be accepted to go to that heaven? Yeah, okay. No, no. We want to hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I did. It seems to all break down to the state that it's righteousness. Okay. And we pick that up as we read the Bible mm -hmm. and learn incidents, what happens, and things like that. Like talking about uh, what happens to, well, you know, what happens to a particular individual. It's like with Moses. I mean, he had faith. He did all this thing, but when it was time to go to the promised land, mm -hmm. he was asked, but people were bothering him, and we understand mm -hmm. he was having problems and things like that, so he's kind of upset. He said, there's no water and things like that. So what happened, the Lord went to the Lord, and the Lord told him what to do. Go speak to the rock. He spoke to the rock. Mm -hmm. And what happened? Nothing. So he took his rod and struck the rock. Mm -hmm. And the he didn't water follow. came out. He right. didn't follow what the God's right. instructions. What is that? Must we fetch ye rebels water? <laughs> yeah. So he, he lost moment. And mm -hmm. that's, why, that's why we need Jesus Christ. We're not going to do what we're supposed to do all the time. Other than that, he, if he did everything the Bible says, then we didn't need Jesus to die on the cross. Okay. <laughs> all right. Now, that's a good example of not following God's instruction. Another thing is that I was just thinking about that when I heard you is even though Abraham left or following God's request, he didn't follow all the instructions. Anybody remember that story? And the reason why I'm asking is because sometimes we like to follow half of those instructions. We pick and choose. Okay? God spoke with Abraham and told him, I want you to take your family and leave. But what did he do? He left, all right, but he took what? Lot and his family. Uh -huh. That was not part of the instructions because Abraham did not want to leave everything behind. He wanted to take at least somebody with him. And if you read that story, God never spoke back to Abraham until Lot and Abraham separated their ways. At that point, God spoke with him again. So it's very important to really listen of God's instructions and follow them by the T. It's not what you think. It's not what pick and choose. Or, oh, I don't feel like, no. Nah. The important thing, if I, the, I have here some people say, no. The important is that I will do this, 
That's the important thing. No, that's not the important thing. The important thing is to obey what God has asked you to do or not do all the time. So is my prayer to my dear family in Christ that when you go back home, be more intentional in pleasing God. Be more intentional in honoring God. Be more intentional in what are your priorities are because it's all about priorities. You always have time for the thing that you want. When someone tells me, oh, I don't have time. Okay. What I'm hearing is, what you're asking me is not important enough for me to make the time. That's what's actually happening. When you say, oh, I don't have money, what you're actually saying is, this is not important enough for me to make available my income for this project or for whatever. That's what you're actually saying. Because you always have money. Doesn't matter how poor you are, doesn't matter where you live, you always have money for the thing that you really want. Am I right? That's true. It's true. So I want you guys to think. And when it comes to how can we please, now we come to how. Now we know the what, and now we know what we need to do and how we need to do it. But the question is, how are you going to reach the point to please God in everything that we do? What are the things that we need to do? And this is something that I didn't even put notes because everybody should know this. We are Christian. We are born in, in some type of Christian environment. We all know the Bible. And we somehow, somewhere, you have read the Bible, some part. So what do you need to know or what do you need to do to be found righteous in God's eyes? Okay. Well, start with number one. The first thing you need to do is surrender. Bingo. Number one. If you can't get past that point, everything else after is for not. Exactly. That's stage number one is surrendering. It's not about, oh, I can do this by myself. Oh, uh, you know, I'm going to help. Surrendering. Surrendering what? Everything. Self. 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 You need to kill self. That's our worst enemy, is self. It's, oh, I can do this. This independent thing that, oh, I can do this on my own. I think an, another thing you want to, mm -hmm. uh, I guess, expand on also is faith, even if your life depends on it. And the two examples, when you mentioned Abraham, correct me if I'm wrong, when he went before the Pharaoh and Sarah was with him, mm -hmm. instead of proclaiming that that was his wife. He didn't lie. Well. He I'll say lie. play on he, words. He, exactly. Play on words from his exactly. point of view. That's a white light. Yeah. He feared. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. he feared. Mm -hmm. So he went with the best course of action to save himself or to save the family instead mm -hmm. of simply applying faith, being obedient, telling the truth uh, in a manner that we understand. And look what happened from that. Uh, the second example also is, um, but. Oh, uh, the Hebrews, mm -hmm. the Hebrews, when uh, having to bow down before the idol, mm -hmm. there were many other Hebrews or Seventh-day Adventists that were amongst <laughs> okay, that group uh -huh. that did not stand, remain standing. Mm -hmm. So should my faith, should I only apply my faith up until my life depends on it? Well, the <laughs> Bible gave us examples. 
even when your life depends on it, remain, they remain standing, and they were willing to take whatever consequences right. um, came after that. So that was a good lesson for me, because he gave us an example. Mm -hmm. Even on pain of death, even on pain maintain of death. your faith, mm -hmm. and I will give you a blessing, or you'll receive and the righteousness. And we have plenty of examples in the Old Testament, in, in his, like Daniel and the three friends. I mean, that's a sermon by itself, but Shadrach, anyway. Meshach, um, yeah is willing to even even if the world falls what i'll be faithful, faithful into what i believe and that's why i believe the faith that what you believe is extremely important because if you are believing in the wrong thing in the end of this life you're going to lose a hundred percent so make sure that you are believing and have faith in the right things Okay, what else? So, part of the you know, um, that's a different sermon. Okay, oh. that's coming next. <laughs> um, well, the thing that we need to remember is how to honor God is surrendering, and then by faith you need to surrender to God, and the hard part is to maintain your self surrender, twenty four seven. And by faith in maintaining your surrendering to God. 24-7, you will listen and you will obey and God will give you the strength to do and change what you need to do. He's not asking you to do it yourself because we can't, right? We need to surrender to God and listen to what he has to say of all the best thing that we're doing that we don't like to hear about it and, and ask him to help them. And the more time you spend Surrendering to God and listening or reading the Bible, God will talk to you and, and little by little will change your heart. And you will be little by little more like Christ-like. So I pray that this week, each one of you, your relationship with God will be much better than last week. God bless you. Amen. Amen. I will, I will close in with prayer, and I'm also going to pray for the food. Just give us about five, ten minutes to take things out, and then I pray that everybody will stay for lunch. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all your blessings. We thank you that we do have this freedom that we still have to come and worship you in, in your home. We pray that you forgive our sins and forgive our things that... We have where we're holding in our hearts that sometimes prevent us to listen to you and prevent you to bless us the way you want us to, bless, to be blessed. I pray for each individual here, taken back home in safety, O oh Lord, and bless them this week and help them to see the importance, the importance to be intentional in our lives, intentional in what we believe, intentional in what we do, how we spend our time, intentional in what we're learning of the thing that you want us to be. I pray, O oh Lord, that you help us so we can remain in your presence until you bring us back. Amen.